Buenos dias, Lampada. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from Thursday, the 15th of July, 2021. 10 or so minutes of the big stuff going on in Argentina. Argentines have much to celebrate right now. Successful vaccine distribution paired with the national men's football team having just won the coveted Copa America. Reason to rejoice are many. On Saturday, the 10th of July, the eyes of all long-suffering fans were glued to the TV as the football team aimed to end its 28-year drought of major titles. Argentina edged arch-rival Brazil in their home stadium, Maracanã, in Rio de Janeiro. The final score was 1-0 behind Ángel Di Maria's lone goal in the 22nd minute. In multiple towns and cities across the country, fans filled the streets, cheering, jumping, singing, and celebrating. Cars were honking their horns in delight, celebrating Lionel Messi's long-awaited and well-deserved first trophy with the national team. For some, it may be hard to understand why a football tournament could prompt such a mass celebration, but in times of pain, no joy is unwelcome. If only for a few hours, all differences, difficulties, and injustices were briefly forgotten. While the street celebrations on Saturday night were a far cry from the social distancing guidelines, let's talk COVID-19 vaccinations. The upside, around 30 million vaccines have been administered. The downside, almost a million Argentines are overdue for their second shot. Second dose shortages only adds to the lack of vaccines for minors. But on Monday, the 12th of July, the country finally signed an agreement with Moderna for 20 million doses, a vaccine that has been approved for children. This will be Argentina's first shot developed using messenger RNA technology. A shipment date is still unknown, but we will continue to follow developments on this story. What we definitely know will not be arriving soon, stranded Argentinians abroad. On Friday, the 9th of July, the government decided to extend its restrictions on international travel, including the daily entry cap of Argentines coming from abroad. According to the government, the possibility for exemptions will be decided single case by single case, with international flights still taking off daily across the country. The number of Argentines trying to get back home will only continue to increase. Another possibility that is currently being discussed to guarantee all travelers comply with a seven-day quarantine, mandatory isolation in local hotels upon return. The cost would be paid by the travelers, not the state. On the topic of restrictions, the Buenos Aires city government authorized gatherings of up to 20 people outdoors, and offices can now operate at 30% capacity. The loosening of restrictions directly correlates to a decrease in average daily infections and occupation rate of beds and ICUs, which dropped to 64%. During the same press conference, the city mayor also reminded citizens that vaccinations are now available to everyone over the age of 30 for a first dose, and starting next month, cultural events will be allowed with a 1,000-person attendance cap. Speaking of crowds, on Friday the 9th of July, National Independence Day, demonstrations against the government took place at various locations across the country, called together by agricultural employers and the opposition coalition. Protesters rallied behind President Fernandez's alleged populism. Agricultural producers are demanding an end to a quota on meat exports imposed by the ruling government, while the farming sector also questions the recent nationalization of the Paraná-Paraguay River Waterway, the main route of navigation to the sea for ships transporting grains, oils, and flour. The ban on beef exports and constant change of pandemic-related restrictions led to a waning economy in the second quarter of 2021. The manufacturing sector posted its worst decline in more than a year. To curb an expected rise in inflation, Argentina imposed new restrictions on parallel exchange rates. 
On Saturday, the 10th of July, the securities regulatory entity flagged a set of restrictions to local brokers that will reduce the amounts made on bond sales each week. This move is a way to clamp down on the country's implicit exchange rates derived from buying assets in local markets and selling them abroad. There's been a resurgence in this practice in recent years as a result of capital controls. In other news, on Thursday, the 8th of July, the Bolivian government denounced the Macri administration, President Fernandez's predecessor, for attacking Bolivian military forces in 2019 with tear gas and gunfire. Back then, the forces were repressing the social protest by followers of ex-president Evo Morales, who had been ousted from power after 40 years due to upheavals following a disputed election. In a letter to his Bolivian counterpart, President Fernandez apologized in the name of the Argentinian people, saying that the dispatch of the materiel had been proven. However, both the ex-president and Argentina's foreign minister in the Macri administration denied any knowledge. Some members of the opposition speculate this claim is the government's way of leaving a stain on their opponent before midterm elections. Speaking of which, the deadline for defining candidates is drawing near. Union leaders are seeking representation in the Peronist coalition. It's not likely that the opposition will include any on their list. In fact, a few party leaders have been quoted as saying trade unions are part of the country's problem. Surprising decision, though, neuroscientist Facundo Manes' decision to run for office. The famous doctor will represent the UCR party and is expected to run as an opposition candidate for national deputy in Buenos Aires province. His candidacy is expected to be criticized by rivals over his lack of political experience. Last week, President Fernandez overturned a permit that allowed workers to freely choose from multiple health insurance options, including private companies. Now they'll be restricted to the chosen plan for at least a year before being able to change it. On that note, the government announced on Tuesday the 13th of July that it would make a one-off payment of 5,000 pesos to more than 6 million pensioners in August. The bonus will be given to those who have an income lower than two minimum wages, which is more or less 46,000 pesos or 470 U.S. dollars per month. This comes as a form of compensation for the loss of purchasing power at the hands of inflation. Consumer prices have risen almost 50% over the last 12 months. Also on Tuesday the 13th, President Fernandez made his first comments on Cuba's state of social unrest. More than 100 people have been arrested in Cuba during unprecedented demonstrations against the government. Protesters have been chanting things like, down with the dictatorship and down with communism. However, it was not the Cuban government's actions against their people that Fernandez condemned. Instead, he questioned human rights violations by describing the trade embargo as the country as inhumane. Opposition leaders fiercely condemned President Fernandez's lack of criticism towards Cuba's government. Let's end the episode with a fun fact. Did you know that in Spanish-speaking countries, it's not Friday the 13th that's bad luck. It's Tuesday the 13th. This belief is brought to Latin America by Spanish conquistadors back in the day who associated Tuesday with disagreements. Why? Because the Spanish word for Tuesday, martes, comes from the name Mars, the Roman god of war. Nowadays, you may hear the common saying, On Tuesdays, don't get married and don't take a trip, which in Spanish is martes, no te cases, ni te embarques. So, if you had a rough Tuesday, now you know why. That's it for this week. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe, share it with your buds, let us know your thoughts and ideas, leave a review. You can also send us an email with your recommendations or questions at podcast at rorschach.com. Nos vemos.